0: This is not a recruitment podcast. Welcome back. To another episode of the powered by people podcast um i am joined by the one and only william j brewer we always enunciate his actual proper name uh the rec hub talent strategy director and we are joined um by steve colopy recruitment business lead and uh talent channels uh here at get your guide and we are not in a pub this is actually one of Get Your Guide's meeting rooms. Yeah. So the project yeah. for, for meeting rooms is different in this business <laughs> than it is in ours. Um, but Steve, up. why don't you... We do you club for Get Your Guide there because they've got the most incredible office. They really do. Let me get a chance to come and see. Them. In a power station. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it That's is. Power station, didn't I? No, I, yeah. I to guess. I said a factory. Old, power, old station. power station. Oh, there you go. Um, so, Steve, why don't you just briefly introduce... Before we get on to our uh, our topic of conversation, um, which will be communication and transparency in business, um, why don't you introduce yourself
1: uh, briefly? Sure. Yeah. So Steve Colopy, um, recruitment in total for about 13 and a half years, Uh, started an agency in South Africa, moved to the UK, the agency contracting, RPOing, internal, so I tried to really do as much of recruitment as I could. Yeah. And then that obviously filtered across tech, business, and everything in between. So at the moment, I've been at Get Your Guide for four and a half years. Um, so you've seen some of the real the real scaling. <laughs> yeah. So I think when I joined, we were about 250 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're closer to 800 people. Wow. So it's been been an adventure. Yeah. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, obviously through COVID and everything. But that, for a business and that pretty much sells travel Herbal experiences so, Yeah, two years worth of lockdowns didn't help. It didn't, but it was cool to see the innovation, right? Like there was a lot of stuff, obviously people couldn't be out and about, but there was a lot of like online digital stuff. So yeah. it, it was interesting to see how that adapted. And obviously a lot of the, the measures that the company took to look after suppliers and, you know, obviously customers and stuff who'd booked and paid for stuff in advance. Like yeah, sure. they did yeah. a really, and obviously I'm, I'm not paid to say this, but <laughs> it is genuinely one of the the more impressive company caring kind of initiatives that I've seen. Mm. And just in case, get your guy do you want to sponsor us? <laughs>
0: and we are open for sponsorship at the moment. So, uh, we'll, we'll plug that in, uh, just in case. <laughs> um, so the, the topic of conversation today is going to be around communication. Um, and over the five years of direct hub, we've experienced lots of, we've tried to be, you know, from our, our backgrounds, we've tried to sort of be different in, in our approach and being very, very open with communication. Um, one of the challenges I suppose is how open to be, what does good communication look like? And obviously it changes from a 50 person company to a, an 800 person company, um, in your uh, in your view, Steve, what, what does good communication look like in a company like Get Your Guide? Internal, because obviously we're talking a little bit about, um, and we'll come onto that in a moment. The external, uh, you know, um, uh, sort of communication between, in particularly in recruitment agency and and
1: your recruiters and that sort of thing. But internally, what do you think? I think internally, I mean, you need you need a certain level of transparency, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think that changes a little bit based on whatever your hierarchy is. So how transparent can you be about everything? Absolutely. And does everybody need to know everything all the time? Probably not. Um, definitely not. I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. But then for me, it it really comes down to clarity. So as much as you want context and you want all of these explanations, you want to be clear on what your objectives are and you want to be clear on what you're working towards. Yeah. And I think that. For me, if we talk about communication, if I'm communicating with my team or if I'm communicating with my leadership or my stakeholders, <clears throat> it really comes down to how clear are they with their expectations on yeah. me and vice versa. And it has to be what you mentioned, Bill, is a, is very much a two-way street, yeah. right? So if someone talks at you and not to you, mm. and if you're not open to listening, it's a failure. hundred percent. You've seen a lot of that. Particularly with um, sort of you know going through
0: one to ones and performance development, clarity and communication of expectations is absolutely pivotal, isn't
2: it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm really interested to touch on the top. I think one thing we've noticed with the Red Cub, obviously we've grown nowhere near as much as, as Get Your Guy, but we've grown yeah. from yeah, yet exactly I like you, um, <laughs> you know, from like five people up to fifty people. And the communication we had as a business internally when we were five or six people, we didn't really know until we were 50 people that actually, oh, our communication has changed with our people and we didn't prepare them. Yeah. We we spoke about this topic on one of the other episodes where we were saying, you know, when you're six people, you're, you know, you're telling everyone everything. Everyone knows what's going on. You feel like you're really close to everyone. And then you get to 50 people and you're not telling those same people as much anymore and they feel left out a little bit. And your communication has to change as a business grows. And we're interested to ask, you've gone from 200 people to 800 people. Have you noticed those kind of changes in how communication sips down from from
1: the top? Kind of. I mean... I, you just get a memo now. <laughs> if I'm <not> lucky. <laughs> no, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a big difference, right? Like 50 to 100 and 200 to 800. That's sure, the, yeah. There's not a huge difference between 200 and 800 yeah. in terms of how you communicate. The infrastructure's already in place, right? The yeah. processes around communication and stuff. And I, I think, I mean... Certainly here, I think the the one thing that our exec do, that our leadership do very, very well, is give you the context you need Mm -hmm. to go and do what you need to do. Yep. You know, and and if you need additional context, they're available, they're happy to talk. And yeah, you know, we try and certainly from my side, like I'm, I try to be the same with my team Yep. uh, and and say like, you know, this is what we need to do, but if you want to talk about it, we can, but ultimately that structure is already in place. That's
2: Interesting, isn't it? Because you're kind of touching on communication versus clarity of expectation, right? and then just giving people the freedom to get to XYZ result. Yeah. Um, and that's very different to just what some people think is communication, just telling everyone everything, which is not the case, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think we it's been a tough year at the rec cup, hasn't it? And um, uh, we that you know, when you're going through it, the tough economic climate that particularly the embedded market has seen. Um, people are, are often concerned around just simply job security, and and that's the the difference in if you're communicating effectively to make people feel safe and secure in their role. Yeah, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't need to know all of the intricate details. That if that that's really what we've found has been uh, has been pivotal, pivotal, really, in in our sort of improvements of
1: communication, should we say? But I think you mentioned something earlier. Right? There's a big difference between transparency and clarity Mm. so transparency for me to do my job is very different to clarity that i need to do my job yeah Yeah. the transparency and like it invites that psychological safety it invites the openness to question the openness to have conversation around sometimes difficult topics whereas clarity is very much this is what needs to happen with these milestones or outcomes in order for us to deem this a success yeah I actually read in um in an article once um, that uh, clarity
0: of of job expectation is like up there with some of the most important factors of of having a successful employment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think a lot of people just get wrong. We have we have done you know Mm -hmm. been at fault for that in the past also. I think because it it creates a, a a level of uncertainty, and if you don't know that you're doing a good job or how or what you're going to be measured on, or, you know, any of those things, if, if your communication has not been clear enough, then people can feel uncertain, can feel anxious and, and not safe. So I think it's, it's like incredibly important that we uh, we ensure that, that those things are
1: are, are are sort of laid out correctly, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the mistake that you see people make there is that that changes. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Clarity on what my job is changes as my Job changes, yes. the company changes. Yeah, which comes back to that point about
2: communication, right? To continue yeah. update people on what the company changes are, what we're like now, what's ex- expected across the business. Um, yeah, again, comes into communication and making sure to get your guide. I mean, we talk obviously Rank, get your guide, but do you guys have in place still like all hands and things like that, like company presentations to the entire business, or is it you yeah. know, sectioned down into team?
1: So it's done a couple of different ways. Like yesterday, actually, we had a, a global all-hands meeting, yep. um, which is great because we hear from a lot of different parts of the business and yep. you know, give us all updates. Um, we obviously have... How often is that? Monthly. Oh, okay, cool. We have a Friday update every week. Uh-huh. And that's really fun because then you have like different teams who present. So what's happening in product? Like what's yep. happening in people? So it changes every week. Um, and then you'll have slightly smaller verticals. So you'll have like a marketing all hands and a tech all hands and care all hands. So that then obviously they dive a little bit deeper into And can anyone join them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they
2: mandatory? No.
1: No okay, so you don't have to join them if you don't want it to I mean it's encouraged, right? But yeah, obviously it's it's work not to say work comes first, but you know, we we're a very autonomous culture. So it's yeah, you know, have you prioritized your week, your calendar, your Responsibilities yep. to allow you that time to do that. Yeah, I think that's really good for big. Uh, and I, we've not. I've seen a lot of companies do the all hands, mm.
0: but not many do the 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 uh the, so, silos, the mm. vertical all hands as well. Which because sometimes you know, particularly as a recruiter, if you're doing a lot of recruitment for the marketing team or the finance team, yeah, and you know you can then jump into those those sort of vertical um, all hands to get a much better understanding of what's going on in those teams and those organizations yeah. so that you can sell it better and, and go out and find better people, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of helps it link into the next, another point I was going to touch on is communication and interview process, or, yeah. sorry, uh, yeah, communication and transparency and interview process. Because the more everyone in the business knows what's going in and out, they're, they're able to communicate about the business a bit better, but for, for you, how far does transparency in the inter communication go in the interview process about what it's like to work at Get Your Guide or how much they should know. I think someone I think if you mentioned earlier about things like runway and stuff like that. Should candidates yeah. be asking this stuff? Is that <laughs> uh, to give some context
0: to our thirteen <laughs> listeners. I um <laughs> we were talking my mum listens. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We were talking earlier that um uh that it has been encouraged with the the tech winter as it's been deemed <laughs> um, that lasted three seasons. Um we are uh, we are encouraged in the interview processes as candidates to ask about runway, which is essentially how much money's left in the business or um, what the how much money's left to, to sort of keep the business going, um, because a lot of companies were struggling with funding, and again, it's part of your job security, uh, sort of uh, confidence in your job security. Um, what do you, yeah, so that that's just to give some context on mm-hmm. whether we, whether you should be asking those questions and how important it is, I suppose. Yeah. And that certainly would change. Sorry to to cut you. That would certainly change between
1: an eight hundred person company and a 100 a hundred hundred startup as well, right? Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, I haven't had that particular question like mm-hmm. around runway. I've had a lot yeah. about stability and mm-hmm. how you're doing after COVID because you're in travel. Blah yeah. blah, blah blah. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think a lot of that comes down to what is your culture? How, when you talk about transparency, like how open are we with people? And yeah, for us, it's all about being open because as much as we, we probably past startup now, we're we're probably more of a scale up, but you know, being a scale up it's, it's yeah, we've achieved unicorn status, but that doesn't mean anything outside of we've done a good job so Mm -hmm. far, so far. yeah. So we still need people highly engaged. We still want people to buy into our culture. So. Obviously, stability is always going to be a factor, but I think once you hit scale up, that stability becomes a little bit more taken for granted. Yeah, perhaps. Than 50-person startup that's running on Series B funding, you know, so like those things change. But we try and be as open as we can. Obviously, you know, there is an element of you don't work for us yet. Yeah. Um, So we will share as much as we can, but we're not going to give you our financials for last year. Yeah in, in your first interview, you know, um, but can we talk about the success? Can we talk about how we communicate internally? Can we talk about what you can expect if you join the company? 100%. Yeah. In terms
0: of stability. Um, and like you say, as a unicorn, that isn't so much of a worry. Um, you've managed to, as a travel business to get through two years of COVID, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw a lot of travel companies not get through that. Um, so, uh, you, you, would, uh, you can only assume that, that the, the stability is pretty much there, um, along with the 200 million <laughs> that you've just taken, um, is, is also
1: a little gonna... bit less, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, again, not paid to say it, but I, I, I really, there's, there's a lot of our senior leaders who made some really smart decisions. Yeah. They worked really well with the board. You know, they made some very, very good decisions that really did a lot for the rest of us at the company. Yeah, that kept us where we are. And that's that's what people are look, gonna look to hear, isn't
0: it? Yeah. In in that sort of sense from a communication point of view. Um interview process aside, we, we talked a little bit about agency communication, yeah. you know, businesses using agencies and it's always been a, a, a challenge. We've always all of our partners and, and clients that we've worked with, we've always said, you know, the best relationships that, that we've had have come from uh, as much transparency and, and and collaboration and communication as possible um what's in your experience what's what's been a, a good agency in terms of that sort of level of communication what do you look for
1: i think just honesty you know like obviously it's about openness and clarity and all of the things but just honesty like if you can't deliver you can't deliver if you yeah. if you've worked really hard to do something and you haven't got there yet fine how do we change it yeah um but it's understanding that it's two-way street and it's understanding that you're in it together so that relationship with an agency with an rpo like yourselves like it's never about you haven't delivered yeah because obviously we have to help you and you have to help us so that back and forth the more open we are the more collaborative we are if we share our tools if we share our our resources to a point it's bound to be more successful. The goal is the higher, you know, it's not, well, you've got to do it or I've got to do
0: this and you've got to do that. It's about how can we together achieve the outcome that we're
2: we're looking for. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, we changed our phrasing quite early. We used to call them projects that we worked on and we changed that to partnerships quite early for that exact reason, you know, in in our communication, we want to be working as partners with um, our clients to have a shared goal um, and a shared mission. And I think the, more that is shared in the success and the failures, the more success we, I mean, we certainly see.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What's a really good example of terrible communication? <laughs> <laughs> um, in a work context? <laughs> um, in name agents and the name recruits. <laughs> um, <laughs> this guy's called the red
2: Yeah. I don't, I that's your guy that as well.
1: No, I think, I mean, communication only fails if both parties fail. Yeah. 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 Fair. Right? So if communication's not going the way you want it to go and you're the one who's identified that it's not where it needs to be, you should be the one to make those first steps to fix it. Fix it. Yeah. Because ultimately my expectations and your expectations like, really are two different things. Yeah, yeah, for But sure. if I don't tell you what mine are and you don't tell me what yours are, yeah. we're never going to just magically meet in that middle middle space where it works. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, fair enough. One thing that I think was um, an interesting point to talk about through the topic of communication, we talked a little bit briefly with somebody else on the podcast um, about communication um, but particularly around soft skills and yeah. and how communication is really important. We covered a few topics around empathy and whatnot, but actually be, you know, particularly for the younger generations, um, difficult having difficult conversations productively and effectively is a, a skill that is like missing um, for a lot of people. Yeah. And then also we talked a little bit earlier about um, giving and receiving feedback and, yeah which is all comes under that umbrella of communication. Um, Yeah, so I think that's an interesting one to discuss. What's your thoughts on good and bad feedback, I suppose?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Steve touched a good word earlier. I think the word honesty, I think, um, comes into good and bad feedback, I think. that I think people, from my experience, are very much open to receiving feedback if it's honest and it comes from the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's, you know, uh criticism whether it's praise whatever it is as long as it's honest because you can have fake praise and you know yeah um just giving and they can tell if you're just patting them on the back just to make them smile for a minute because you think they need it sure and the same with criticism if you're just doing something and it's not from the right honest place i think people are more often or should be more often than not open to receiving feedback if it's from that honest standpoint and you're saying it you know you're setting it out at the start saying i'm just gonna be really honest here this is my observation and if it's wrong I'd love to hear your thoughts on it but this is my honest observation on what you just did with X and Y task or what you just did with X and Y goal in the project so that's kind of my thoughts with it and yeah. actionable right
1: yeah like criticism what what's the difference between feedback and criticism so like feedback mm-hmm. is literally that it's it's this is how I think this thing went but yeah. if it's a criticism well what what can you do to fix that yeah well, what can I do to help you fix it what can no. I do to fix my piece yeah and and that but I think like we also mentioned hierarchies earlier, right? So yeah, as you, as you join these companies that are maybe smaller, they, they less matrix, they less hierarchical, Yeah, the need for that honest communication gets bigger yeah. in the flats of the hierarchy. Yeah, for sure. So, and it, it's something, I think you said it earlier, like people don't train this a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. And it's not a natural thing. Like it's really uncomfortable to tell someone does, that, does it- you know, you're not doing mm-hmm. a good job. There's a client
0: oh. we was working with um uh who literally are, are building a platform that it specifically focuses on these soft skills, having difficult conversations, um, emotional intelligence, you know, topics, um, giving and receiving feedback but gamifying it, obviously. Right. Um oh, yeah, I know you're in really... Yeah. Um and um and that, that I think is it's a that's a smart move because we know, no you know having conversation is becoming less anyway. Yeah, um, Dating is on apps, you know, socialising is on apps and uh, now with the metaverse, people just spend their time in <laughs> like glasses. So actually being able to sit opposite somebody, uh, you know, give and take yeah. feedback, whether good or bad, and to be able to have difficult conversations and you're not getting that experience anywhere yeah. until you're in the moment. You know, it might be whether you, you want to ask for a salary increase, it might be you want to, um, uh, you know, you're you're not happy where you're working or, or the role isn't really meeting. But that doesn't, that's where we're just going to see a massive increase in quiet quitting, right? Yeah. Unless we start, start helping people yeah. um, in being able to genuinely have difficult conversations and t- give and take feedback in a productive way. Well, that I think that younger generation is that get spoken about quite a
2: bit is very different culturally. I'm not even sure what generation we call it now. Is it Z or X? I'm not even sure that we're up to <laughs> General- now. But G. um, <laughs> but often you hear about um, people are raised now um, always being told they're doing a great job, always being told um, ah, oh, you're amazing. Don't worry if it fails; it doesn't matter. Type stuff, or they never um, participation medals. You know, it doesn't it matter. matter if you win. I think uh, I'm a big fan of football, and, and uh, at youth, youth levels now, they don't actually have winners or losers in in the games now. It's just about... onion oh, and playing, um, it's just <laughs> about uh, playing a and taking part. Sort of. um, so they're not actually growing up with any criticism or feedback a lot of the time. Um, so now coming into business and work... And then getting told you're doing a terrible job... Yeah, this needs to change or that needs to
1: change. It's just shock to the system. It's, it's very difficult, yeah. So I think more... Because that's, that's their core skill then of yeah. psychological safety again, though, right? Yeah. Like, it's fine to fail. Absolutely, yeah. like you're never gonna get it perfect first time every time. Yep. Yeah, like maybe you do every now and again, and that's great. Absolutely. That like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like understanding, like okay, I can I can do my best and make my best effort. But if this doesn't work out, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. That I yeah. can ask for help. Yeah. Or I can find help, or I can research it, and that really, like that that piece of communication is like, you. I see that a lot where it's like. This hasn't worked now. What do I do? And it's hands up, you know, tools down. Like, well, what have you tried? Oh, well, nothing. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah, absolutely. Think about it. Talk yeah. about it. You know, like go and ask other people their opinion. It's not just me or somebody who you report to that can yeah. fix this problem with you. Yeah. Like take that initiative, be proactive and have conversations. Yeah. So communicate great. with people to solve these problems together. Yeah. Because you'll do it better with more people. 100.
2: That's a really Really interesting one Because I think so much Now with um, uh, A lot of people They'll come to their Line manager and say I didn't work And it's like <laughs> Like you say Well okay So what have you Explored to try You just come to me To me to solve it yeah. um, And tell you what to do Or are you going to go And actually figure out This answer on your own I could tell you how to solve it But you'll be back here In a week asking Another problem That you'd ask me to solve So
0: Black box thinking mm. Great book I don't know If you've seen um Seen the The clip I can't remember The guy's name um, But uh he done a TED talk on uh, black box thinking and, uh, and essentially it's um, how when things go wrong, um, it, it, he referred to sort of different industries, the medical industry, not necessarily being very good at taking criticism and understanding where when things go wrong because you've got these really expensive consultants who they clearly didn't get it wrong. It wasn't their fault. <laughs> yeah. um, however, in the uh, aero industry... Um, you something you know if if a plane crashes, well, it's let's get the black box, let's get everyone who can potentially have understood what's happened around the room. There's no blame; it is what's gone wrong, and how do we ensure that this never ever happens again? Yeah. Um, and I, I know a few businesses where you know on a much smaller scale than a plane crashing, don't um, yeah, don't the <laughs> um, But you, when things aren't going your way or things have gone wrong, you are the one that was accountable for that delivery or that result or that KPI. So it's up to you to go, I want a black box session, get everyone around a room. This has happened. How can we fix it? Yeah. Um, so it removes that sort of, uh, that fear of blame culture, but, but in favor of, of identifying a, a better way forward rather than just simply going their fault. Hey, I am walking on, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, it's a really good TED talk actually, so check it out. One of the yeah. things you mentioned there as well, though, was accountability. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you are saying like, if, if all you've ever been told is how amazing you are yeah. and you don't take accountability, that's, that's in the, itself a big challenge, a big challenge. Yeah. So, you know, like taking accountability, if you say you're going to do it, do it. If you say you're going to deliver, deliver. And if you can't deliver, that's fine. But talk about, Yeah. communicate to someone, give someone a heads up where yeah. Extend the deadline, right? Like, yeah, hopefully for most people, it's not life or death situation. So if I can't deliver this on Friday, but I can get it to you by Tuesday, end of day. Is that okay? Is anyone going to die? good. Most of the time. (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. But people are afraid to ask that question because we have to be perfect and we have to get it right all the time. Every time.
2: The only person that is right all the time is my wife. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um.
0: Thanks for covering. There's some good conversation there around around some interesting topics. I think are going to be um, more and more important, particularly as you know the the world of work changes. Hybrid remote communication is going to become even more uh, important in business. So, um, thanks for for that, Steve. Um, Thank you. We're um, as a closing tradition, we uh, typically have our, our last guest write a question for our next guest. Right. Um, And uh, our last guest had written, if you could go back a year, what would be one thing you would do differently? If you could go back 12 months, what's one thing you would do differently? Pipeline more talent. Really, yeah. Talent pool. When you're sort of basically, uh, not necessarily down tools, but when you're at, you know, you're not at capacity, simply start pipelining for future reference.
1: 100%.
0: It's a really good because
1: I think it's one of those things, right? And it, it recruitment is a lot of it is is right job, right person, right time. But a lot of it is also relationship building and maintaining that communication. So you know whether that's through a CRM functional, yep. whether that's through you know regular messaging, or whatever it is. Or branding, or how do we? get people aware of who we are and how do we get them engaged so that when we do have that job at yeah. the right time for the right person, that you're already engaged with us. Yeah. It's a really good
0: point actually. And I think we, uh, I don't know if we've covered this in a topic, employer branding yet, producer Rosie, have we? Fantastic. I forgot that one. Nothing. Um, but employer branding is like an absolutely massively rising topic in, gotcha. in the, in the world of TA for that exact reason, you know, um. Recruitment is the sort of more active act of going out and finding people. Employee branding is becoming that sort of passive way of creating talent pools and simply getting people aware of your brand. Isn't Utah where your a candidate is sixty percent more likely to respond or engage if they have if they recognise or understand your brand? Yeah, if they've engaged with your brand, and if they've engaged with your yeah. brand, they're sixty percent more likely Lung to respond to your messages. It's a stat
2: that LinkedIn sent us. Um, yeah, basically along those lines, if they've ever engaged with your brand, they're 60% more likely to respond. Yeah, to... certainly. I
0: mean, that's a one hell of a reason to, to invest in employer branding, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's interesting now, I think, I mean, obviously as things evolve and develop and all of that, like employer branding is not even employer branding anymore, right? Because no. you've got branding, then you've got like recruitment marketing and what's yeah. the difference between those two things. So like with all of those things, it's, it's an ever-changing topic, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Steve thank you so much for joining us in the in the the get your guide bar <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh thanks William for once again uh joining us on the people powered by people podcast thank you um thank you very much guys and uh, we'll see you soon it's one of the the, the good things you can take from a, a corporate like, because actually there's always there's
2: whenever you're doing anything in the corporate often it ends up certainly in a, in the functions I was in but it'd end up in some sort of board report or, yep. or or output of some description. It wouldn't be just a quick chat with somebody down the pub. It would be an output. But the benefits of doing that is that you you think through all the other, the other parts. So you might sit there and yeah. come up with an idea. Yeah, we can grow this to a million a million pounds in six months because mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to do X, Y, and Z. But then when you're sitting there writing it down, you start to challenge yourself again. Mm, I don't know that that's going to work. And you, it's not, you're not vocalizing. You're just writing it down. Yeah.